Hey sis, welcome to the She Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Neek. This is a show for women that discusses life topics to let you know that you are not taking this journey called life alone and encourages the bond of sisterhood. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of She Speaks. Today's episode is going to cover a topic that some people struggle with but are afraid to talk about. Although this is a platform for women to tell their stories, I asked my husband if he would mind if we shared our story about his journey when he was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. To my surprise, he agreed as we both wanted to share the progress that was made over the year. Before we begin, I would like to give you a couple of facts about GAD. According to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, GAD affects 6.8 million adults, or 3.1% of the U.S. population, yet only 43.2% are receiving treatment. Did you also know that women are twice as likely to be affected by GAD than men? For more information about anxiety and depression, please go to the following link, www.adaa.org. Of course, with any topic of this magnitude, I want to remind you that this is still fresh for us, and at times you may hear raw emotion from both of us or moments of silence while thoughts are gathered. This conversation may cause triggers for some of our listeners. This is not by design. The purpose of this episode is for us to share our story. As always, please seek professional medical attention should you feel the need to. It's okay to do so, sis. No one is judging you. With that being said, let's begin our discussion. That dude and I have been married for 11 years. We are both employed full-time and have a combined 37 years of work in our professions. We have two children, ages 5 and 10. We have traveled the world by ourselves and together. And while on the surface, everything was going well, there was something brewing that neither one of us was ready for. But God is faithful, and we are here today to tell our story because he was with us every step of the way. So first and foremost, that dude, thank you for taking the time out to talk about um, our journey over the past year. I have a few questions for you that, of course, you have approved for me to ask. So we'll go ahead and begin. A year ago, you were in the hospital and diagnosed with general anxiety disorder. Can you tell us what happened and how you ended up there? Um, first off, um, thank you for inviting me, and um, um, just appreciate it. And um, congratulations on your podcast. I know I'm one of your first interviews, and I hope this goes well for you. So I've always been a worry work my whole life, even when I was a little kid. Like I always worried about something. Like, I've always worried, worried, worried. It wasn't about one subject, it was about another. And it was, if it was one subject, it was, not, you know, constantly just worrying, worrying, worrying. And once, once I um, finish worrying about one thing and that's over, I get a brief relief and then I'm worried about something else. And then that's over and it's almost like I had to find something else to be worried about. I mean, just silly things. So many silly things that I don't remember. Like, I, I can't even remember when I was, like, six years old going to the first grade and nervous about the first grade to the extreme when my stomach hurt. But guess what? I wasn't even changing schools. So everyone I knew was going to be, from last year, was going to be 
in my school. All my neighbors were going to be in my school. But for some reason, I had like a sinking feeling. And I was nervous for the first three days, um, prior to the, the, the previous three days um, prior um, to me going to school. Um, and then when I showed up to school, I was like, oh, I know all these people. You know, so I was worried for nothing. I don't, I don't know why my brain was so triggered to be worried. Um, fast forward again, like I said, my whole teenage years, my whole um, childhood was worried about stuff. Um, so senior year, I did move a lot and my credits were all over the place because my dad was in the military. So I had like credits everywhere. Um, but I was so nervous about graduating. I mean, I was literally at graduation practice and they actually called my name after graduation practice. I already knew I had the credits, you know, assuming, you know, already had like a 3.6 GPA, but I was still nervous about graduating. Like that day I showed up, had family in town, my parents, and I'm like nervous, but like, oh, they're not gonna call my name. They're not gonna call my name. They're not gonna call my name. Even though we just had practice two days prior and they called my name and I racked up all my classes and supposedly I knew I had all my credits. I was nervous at my graduation. Like, I was not going to graduate. So, again, just a worry work my whole life about something. Um, and I don't know why, because I don't necessarily had any, I never had much to worry about. Like, my life has been fairly simple. Um, knock on wood, as far as, like, you know, um, no major deaths, um, no major financial problems, so on and so forth. My career has been fairly simple. Um, but... I think that's another trigger, the fact that I've been tried, I tried to be so perfect throughout my career. So let's fast forward to 2017. So again, like I said, I'm always worrying about something. But um, starting in July of that year, um, I was really worried about death. For some reason, I had death on my mind. Like, death was constantly on my mind. Like, first, I was worried about myself dying. Like, oh man, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And then it was about someone dying that was close to me. And we went to this white party to celebrate my cousin's um, his retirement from the army. And I had all my family there, my brothers, my sisters, my dad. And I was enjoying it, but at the same time, all I could think about was, you know, Who's not gonna be here the next time? This is my last time seeing this person. This is my last time seeing this person. So death was like constantly on my mind. Again, like I said, I've always worried about something, but in July for some reason I was worried about death. So I finally went to see um, a medical professional, um, at a military medical professional at um, um, the Behavioral Health Clinic because I couldn't get couldn't get into our military mental health clinic, and um, so I went to see her. She helped me out and she recommended that I um, get on some anxiety pills. Um, don't remember the pills because we get to that later. I've taken so many pills. I, I don't necessarily remember the pills that uh, she prescribed to me. Um, so um, I was taking those, you know, again, like I said, stop worrying about death, but it was something else probably. Don't even remember what it was, but I know it was something else. Um, and then in November of that year, I was moved down to be the squadron superintendent of my current unit. And again, like I said, I've always been like, you know, tried to be too perfect in the military. And I felt as if 
the position I was in, I had to be extra perfect. I was the senior enlisted. Everyone counted on, on me from the commander to all the enlisted to even all the CGOs, the FGOs. I, was, I felt as if I was the only person who could not show weakness. So again, I was already very, a very anxious person and a worry word and someone who felt as if they couldn't fail. So I had all this pressure on me and it just in the end, on the top of that, I was constantly ch changing medica medication that in December of that year, I finally like, you know, couldn't handle it anymore. Um, went to see mental health and had a breakdown and that's how I ended up in the hospital. What was your initial reaction when you were diagnosed with GAD? Um, I mean, no, I mean, my initial reaction was nothing. I mean, I knew I had, I, I knew something was wrong with me. I always felt as if something was wrong with me. I used to just think I was a worried work, but I, I felt as if, you know, um, I wasn't shocked or anything like that. So. And then when you were diagnosed and you said that you weren't surprised, after the diagnosis, what were some of the things that you had to do to change your environment in regards to anxiety? Okay, so um, all my life again, not only was I a word work, but I'm also an introvert. And I like to be by myself. I like to be in the house. I've actually, the way I've always had my house set up is I like, for some reason, dark colors. I like the windows closed. Um, so that is something I definitely have to change. Um, you helped me out with that, you know, brightened up the house with your turquoise colors. Um, you know, I started going out more instead of being introverted, you know, even if it's something as simple as, you know, going to a park or something like that. Took the time to do that um, and trying to change my introverted ways. Um, again, um, Sometimes that takes energy out of me, which is not a good thing because again, me being introverted, it takes it actually takes energy out of me to get out the house and do things, you know. So sometimes I gotta recharge and um, you know take time to myself, you know, and be in my man cave and recharge that way. Okay. What would you recommend to listeners out there who may be dealing with anxiety but are afraid to get help? Right. So it's, so it's funny that you asked that question because, um, you know, there's a stigma about going to mental health, uh, especially in the military. But um, when I went to mental health, we had these classes. Uh, of course, I used to see um, my um, psychologist by myself, but we also had these, um, these um, groups where um, everyone got together and we just talked about coping mechanisms. And you'll be surprised that the individuals in this class, they were chief master sergeants, lieutenant colonels, you know, senior NCOs. Um, so my recommendation, what was the question? I, I want to make sure. What would you recommend to listeners out there who may be dealing with anxiety yeah. or are afraid to get help? Yeah, so my recommendation is to get help. You know, it, it, I feel as if a lot of people are getting help. help. So you're not the only one. You're not alone. So definitely seek help. What would you say to the spouse, the friend, or the caregiver or someone who has been diagnosed or recently diagnosed with general anxiety disorder? Um, 
It's a hard question. I don't even know what to say to you, really. I, mean, I know what to say to you, but what I mean by that is, um, it's definitely gonna be hard. Um, they're definitely gonna need your support, like the support that you gave me. Um, uh, you're gonna need time to yourself. Don't so just you know make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Um, And um, just know it's it's um, even though you don't understand it, it's it's still a medical condition, just like any other physical medical condition. So if you take it that way, that you know sometimes you may think, oh, why, why don't you just snap out of it or whatever? Just just think that it's it's a medical condition. It may not you may not understand it, but it is a medical condition. So. Okay, thanks. That's good to know because a lot of times when it's something mental for those of us that aren't going through it it's easy for us to say oh just 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 do it or just get over it and can you explain that conversation we had the other day when you said you know people with anxiety they don't like to hear oh just oh yeah so i guess i was talking to my um was i talking to my i was reading something yeah you were reading an article yeah, i was reading an article on anxiety and um that caught my attention where um it said in it you know just do it. Why, why can't you just? Why can't you just? The word "just" uh, is somebody in anxiety. Like I said, it's um, it's not a good um, question to ask because it's not that simple. I, I wish it was that simple, but it's it's not that simple. What has your journey been like from one year ago to the present time? Actually, better because last year around this time, I was in the hospital, like you said, and now, you know, um, this new house, you and the girls had a great, um, you know, New Year's Eve by ourselves. I get to watch Ohio State today. <laughs> um, so obviously, I'm in a better place. Um, I feel as if I know what I want to do. Like I still, of course, you know, I'm still anxious, but I feel as if I got like um, a better plan. I'm not, I know I'm not perfect, so that has helped out um, when it came to my military career. You know, I know I didn't want to make some mistakes, so I kind of, um, that kind of helped me be hard out when it comes to my military career. I care less what people think. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't think I'm as anxious. Again, like I said, I am still anxious, but I'm less anxious than I used to be. Okay. For someone who may feel as though they have to hold it all together and they have to be perfect or they worry about what other people think about them, what would you say to them? Um, We're all not perfect. I mean, everyone's not perfect. just be yourself and you know what there's a quote I read a quote the other um, day of course I like reading you know sitting through the internet and stuff like that where somebody said failure is a part of my process Hmm. so look at it that way failure is part of the process I wish I would have um, remembered who said that when I was reading it. I was like, oh, that's pretty, 
it's pretty, uh, you know, it's good perspective to have. So just remember, failure is part of the process. Part of failure is part of everyone's process. So build it in. Awesome. So I just want to thank you for taking the time out to sit down with me and share your story. Um, I know it takes a lot to open up and discuss such a private and personal experience to whoever may listen, but I do feel as though, and you know, me and you talked about it, that sharing this journey um, is going to help other people. Uh, it's going to help someone, you know, realize that you don't have to be perfect or you're not perfect and everything is a process and to, you know, own in on those support systems and things like that. So I do thank you for that. Um, I want you to know that I am very proud of you and your progression. It's been a interesting journey, but God has saw us through it. So I do want to thank you for you being you and owning who you are. And I love you. And thank you. Thank you for listening to She Speaks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell your family, friends, and social circles about it. I would also love to hear how the show has impacted you, and I would like to interact with you. Please feel free to email me at thesheSpeaks at gmail.com. Until next time, walk in who you are, adjust your crown, and stand tall. We all have a story to tell. There is someone waiting to hear yours.